Got a huge show for everyone here, live from Budapest, Hungary, reporting at CPAC Hungary, where I'll be speaking later today, delivering the closing remarks. But if you weren't able to make it out, make sure that you get out to the Student Action Summit for Turning Point USA that's being held in Tampa, Florida, this July 22nd to the 24th. You go to tpusa.com slash SAS, make sure you use promo code POSO for the 25% off. Where? President Donald Trump is a confirmed speaker, and I have it on good authority that a certain Floridian governor may also be making an appearance. So how do you get your tickets? You go right into the description here, click on the link, tpusa.com slash SAS. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA, We're coming to you live from Budapest, Hungary. It's time for your daily dose of human events. Today's headlines. CPAC Budapest, a massive success, and the media is in meltdown mode as Viktor Orban, the prime minister here, delivered a 12-point plan for victory for the conservative movement. Next, the generation of war uniting to fuel the machine, President Biden and former President Bush. Next, a SpaceX flight attendant, yes, we're going to get into this, accusing Elon Musk of sexual harassment. And finally, New York Governor Kathy Hochul has announced a police unit will be combating hate speech. That's wonderful. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. What is going on here is building up a society which is very successful economically, politically, culturally, even in demography, we have some success, family policy. So what you can see here could be described as a success story. But the fundamentals of this success are totally different than it is wished uh, and run and created by, the, by many other Western countries. Uh, so the, the Western liberals cannot accept that inside the Western civilization, there is a conservative national alternative, which is more successful at, at the everyday life, at the level of the, than the liberal ones. That's the reason why they criticize us. They are fighting for themselves, not against us. But we are an example that somebody or a country which is based on traditional values, on national identity, uh, based on uh, tradition of Christianity, could be successful or sometimes even more successful than a leftist liberal government. So I'm here in Budapest, Hungary, attending CPAC Hungary, held right on the banks of the Danube. And we are having a fantastic event. It's extremely well attended. Media coverage has been amazing, except for in the US, the liberal media is very, very upset that we're all inside and having a very good time. We're meeting, we're talking about faith, we're talking about family, we're talking at what, what it really means to make a country work. And that's what Prime Minister Orban gave a really strong keynote speech about. And so Prime Minister Orban spoke, Tucker Carlson, President Trump came in with a pre-taped message. Uh, Candace Owens just spoke this morning. But what was really interesting in Prime Minister Orban's speech, and I've gone through all 12 points of this, and we're going to make this available to you later. I'll spread it out on social media. But I've tweeted out some of the best points of it that I thought were very strong and important, too, for people out there that say, how can we do this? How can we use this as a playbook for ourselves in other countries to figure out ways to essentially, as, they, as he said, win in the movement? How do we do this? One thing he said that I thought was very strong, he said, there is no political 
success without well-functioning communities. The fewer the communities, the lonelier the people. The more voters turn to the liberals, whereas the more communities there are, the more votes we get. It's as simple as that. He also said that he spends a whole day every week setting aside just for reading books, really emphasize the importance of reading. Uh, he wrote that we must give to God what belongs to God, to the emperor what belongs to the emperor, and to science what belongs to science. Very interesting point. In order to win, you must have a conservative media, but not one that is just reactive to the media by itself. You need a conservative media that are willing to be taboo breakers in order to expose your opponent's true intentions. What's he saying? You can't only be reactive. You have to be willing to be proactive in media. You can't just be some member of the conservative media out there um, you know, complaining about the left. No, break news, get stuff out there, do what we're doing. Focus on, expose the WHO agenda at the upcoming pandemic summit. Expose what the World Economic Forum is doing, pushing the Great Reset. Expose what your opponents are up to. Now, of course, the mainstream media is losing their minds at this. Let me just pull up some of these headlines so that I could show you exactly what they're saying. From The Guardian, Victor Orban tells CPAC the path to power is to have your own media. Jason Stanley, oh, come on, US conservatives, stop embarrassing yourselves. Have some dignity and national pride. Rolling Stone, a Republican circus pitches its tent in Europe, playing host to an authoritarian horror show. And then uh, from vice.com, the Hungarian organizers CPAC had partnered with to host the event refused all entry to journalists from US media outlets, despite months of effort to obtain press credentials for the event. To which of course I responded, feel free to watch the live stream. Look, I'm sorry, but freedom of the press doesn't mean that you get access to every event that you wanna to get to. If you wanna get an interview with the president of the United States, and you walk down to the White House and you start demanding an interview, right? Find out what's gonna happen if you start demanding access in the White House. It ain't the way it works. So no, that does not mean that you get to come everywhere you want to come in. I'm sorry, but there will be a live stream on YouTube where you can watch this because we all know that they are terrified of addressing the actual content of CPAC Budapest, the content of the speakers. This summit of conservatives, of traditionalists, family-oriented government policies to actually grow and strengthen our own countries, as opposed to destroying borders and following the open society agenda of everyone's favorite Hungarian billionaire. Tanya and I are over here. We're in Europe. You know, we've we've seen some of the amazing sites. We did. Um, kind of a half day long layover in Dublin. We, we hit Italy, we're in Hungary right now, but I gotta tell you something, I, gotta, I really gotta tell you something. The main thing that I'm asking her about constantly is what are we going to put in our next Good Ranchers order? What do we want in that case? And so last week I started asking her about it. This week, I'm, I'm every day, I said, this, this is pretty good, and I, but I bet you Good Ranchers does better. I think this is great, this Italian steak that we're eating, but I'm telling you, I want something like this exactly in my Good Ranchers box. And when I looked online on the Good Ranchers site, goodranchers.com slash post, so it says that they've got stuff that's even better. They've got stuff that's even better than what I'm eating on my plate in Rome. Because why? I'll tell you why. Is that 100% American beef goes into every single case of this thing. It's 
it's the stuff that you get in stores. It's, it's this imported. It's, it's from all over the place. You're not getting the best American meat sourced from local American farms. Plus, they've got chicken. They've got seafood. This stuff is amazing. So in your Good Ranchers box, you get ribeyes, T-bones, New York strips, signature steak burgers, Wagyu burgers, pre-trim, pre-marinated chicken breast. It is steakhouse quality right in your home. And if you go and use goodranchers.com slash POSO, if you put in promo code POSO, you get 30% off and free express shipping. So make sure you're using promo code POSO. Of course, we're going to put the link in the description right here when you get your succulent, amazing Good Ranchers box. And so yeah, I'm over here. I know I'm eating good in Europe, but I'm telling you, Tanya and I are going back and forth saying, what are we going to put in our Good Ranchers case? Let us know what do you plan, plan to put in yours. Go to goodranchers.com slash POSO. The link is in the description. The result is an absence of checks and balances in Russia and the decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. <laughs> Iraq, too. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> 75. Uh. <laughs> well, this is wonderful. We've got a uniting of the war generation. Former President George W. Bush, and a lot of people are saying that he gave, you know, that was a gaffe, right? That he just made a gaffe. It was just a little accident that, that he didn't mean to say that. No, no, no. That it was just a little slip up. No, it's what's called a Freudian slip. He knows exactly what he was saying a unilateral invasion of an unprovoked nation. That's exactly what he did when it came to Iraq. Now, I understand that in his point of view, he says that Iraq provoked him, but Iraq never did anything to the United States. Certainly not anything on the scale of what we did to Iraq under George W. Bush. We don't even share a border with them. This wasn't even a national security interest for the United States, but it was done anyway. And I'll tell you why it was done. It was done for the same reason that the Senate just approved $40 billion of more war spending in Ukraine. And we, this comes on the news right before we went to, to um, record the show today. Producer Shah says, wait a minute, there's another $100 million in weapons that are being spent on top of the $40 billion, right? So even in the $40 billion, they couldn't find room for this 100 million. And so the 100 million is being put on top of it. That's putting up again, it's a grift. The whole thing is a grift, right? They're making money, they're lining their pockets, 10% for the big guy, whether that comes in political donations or whether that comes in sponsorships, think tanks afterwards, the whole thing is a massive grift. And the people caught up in the middle, well, who cares? And you hear, you know, it isn't even so much that George W. Bush said what he said in that clip about Iraq and Ukraine. But what's even more amazing is the reaction of the audience. They laughed. They laughed. It's a joke to them. It's hilarious. It's funny. Is anybody laughing for the 100,000 people who died in the wake of that? How about the families of the honored Americans who lost their lives over there when they were sent to die in the desert? The children that will never come home. You're gonna laugh for them? No, you won't. So only 11 Republicans voted against the 40 billion, only 11. So I'm going to read you the names of the 11 that stood strong 
as American first, America first politicians and America first leaders in the United States. Senators Blackburn, Boozman, Braun, Crapo, Hangerty, Hawley, Lee, Loomis, Marshall, Rand Paul, of course, and Tommy Tuberville, right? It's very, very simple. Are we a country that goes around the world seeking wars, or are we a country that goes around the world seeking peace? You know, a wise man named Julian Assange once said that if wars can be started by lies, then peace can be started by truth. Let's end the lies. Let's start telling the truth about what's going on. Let's seek stability in every region of the world, whether that be in Eastern Europe, whether that be in Eurasia, or whether that be on the southern border of the United States. Now, I would argue, by the way, that the southern border of the United States is currently extremely unstable and so unstable to the fact that perhaps a military force of some sort, a martial force, would be accurate and appropriate in this case. President Trump, of course, said, come out and came out and said, why don't we bomb the cartels? Well, hold on a second. Why wouldn't we use military force to secure our border? And if they've got drug labs, if they've got weapons bases that are controlled by the cartels, run by the cartels, then it's in the interest of our nation to do so because that nation is on the other side of the border. They share with us. That's how you protect your nation. That's how you keep your nation strong, not by sending money overseas to the grift machine. That's, by the way, is not going to get in the hands of any one of the Ukrainian people, mark my words. This is going to go to the arms dealers and the oligarchs. That's what this is about. I mean, we, we really want to wake up in the morning and, and look forward to the future. We want to be excited about uh, what's going to happen. Mm. Um, and, um, and, and life cannot simply be about uh, sort of solving one miserable problem after another. Elon Musk, of course, in the news every single day, the twists and turns going in. Is the deal on? Is the deal off? Is the deal on? Is the deal off? You know, and I've spoken to people on Wall Street about this, and they've said straight up, look, this guy's got a contract. That is a pair of silver bracelets. He signed on the dotted line, and he, if he thinks he's going to make some stink about bots and this traffic and that traffic, it's, gonna, it's not going to amount to anything other than a hill of beans because that contract locks him in and there are all sorts of clauses that would take him uh, to the cleaners if he tries to get out of it or if he tries to renege on it at this point. So essentially saying that that 5420, yeah, there might be some wiggle room, you know, take a dollar off, take $2 off, maybe drop it down to 5220, that kind of thing. But it looks like he is locked in on this. That's number one. Number two, the latest news out of this. Yeah, so what they're claiming is that Elon Musk paid a SpaceX flight attendant $250,000 to settle a claim of essentially sexual harassment. I'll read the claim. The claim is that he propositioned her for sex, exposed himself, and offered to buy her a horse in exchange for a massage. But he says there's more to the story. And so he also points out, if I were inclined to engage in sexual harassment, this is unlikely to be the first time in my entire 30-year career that it comes to light. He added, there's a lot more to this story, which he calls a politically motivated hit piece. So what does that actually mean? What is actually going on here? 
Well, there's a couple of things. And I saw some lawyers that I know talking about this, where they were essentially saying, look, if there was a settlement, that may have been a settlement to make this claim go away, not necessarily agreeing with the arguments of it. Why? Because if you go to court with one of these things, as Amber Heard and Johnny Depp are finding out right now in their civil suits, right, this is a huge issue, right? This could eventually come to a, uh, a major a major head. It's going to be a ton of problems. It's going to take so much time that Amber Heard trial is still not done, right? It's been like six weeks at this point. Now, of course, Johnny Depp wants to, right? Johnny Depp is the one who wants to do it, and he's got the money to do it, to um, put up all these legal fees. But for Elon, on this perspective, it, it may have been a situation where they said, and again, it's not me, this is legal analysis um, that I was reading from people online, that they were saying, look, it, you know, this probably was to make the thing go away. But we know what's really going on here. We know what's happening. The powers that be want to shut down Elon and they want him canceled. They want him done. They want him gone. They don't want him to be part of the scene anymore. That For all those years, right? For all the years when he was Mr. Green Energy, Mr. Green Cars, Mr. Electric Cars, going to have your charging stations everywhere, going to have a plug in your house, right? They loved him. They threw money at the guy. They gave him all the government contracts for SpaceX that he wanted because he was their guy. And now, all of a sudden, when he's doing something that the regime doesn't like, when he's doing some, when he's making a move that they don't, they actually do care about. He's got showrooms in Xinjiang, showrooms in Xinjiang for Tesla. He's got manufacturing plants in Shanghai for Tesla. But when it comes to the actual case of him wanting to buy Twitter and restore, to restore freedom of speech to the internet and the actual exchange, the exchange of free ideas in the world. Now suddenly the entire regime is after him. And you know, there are gonna be more stories like this. There are gonna be more problems like this because this is what the regime does. When you take a shot across their bow, if you do something so potentially damaging to them, as allowing people to freely converse and freely exchange ideas across, right? By the way, actually across borders, right? Twitter is obviously an open borders network. But so for the open society people, this shows the falsehood behind the name. They don't want open societies. They want controlled societies. They want societies where their authoritarian control is the rule not the rule of law, not the rule of elected leaders, the rule of unelected bureaucratic technocrats. And that's what the World Economic Forum and that's what the World Health Organization Assembly and this new pandemic treaty are all about. Yeah, I'll stand, I'll protect the First Amendment any day of the week, but you don't protect hate speech. You don't protect incendiary speech. You're not allowed to scream fire in a crowded theater. There are limitations on speech, and right now we have seen this run rampant. And as a result, I have 10 dead neighbors in this community, and it hurts, and we're going to do something about it. Well, New York Governor Kathy Hochul on Wednesday announced plans to create a new police unit designed in part to combat hate speech in the wake of the tragic shooting in Buffalo, promising to, quote, confront this epidemic head on. Now, that's really interesting to me because as horrific as this event was, what about the 
homicides and mass shootings that take place in New York City every single weekend, Governor. Are you setting up special task forces for that? Are you doing anything to um, bring in police units and police forces to do anything about these? Because I guarantee you, I guarantee you, right, that is the major problem in New York when you look at what's actually happening on the streets, compare the hate crimes. But that being said, it's perfectly fine to want to stop crimes. Obviously, we want to stop crime. We want to stop all crime, period, right? It, you know, it's, it's an unattainable goal, right? It's not realistic. But the goal of government should be to prevent crime as much as possible, clearly. This is the entire point that governments are constituted. So whether that be an 18-year-old kid driving to a supermarket, whether that be somebody trying to work out some kind of um, some kind of beef on a corner, right? These are all crimes that we want prevented. But what's interesting is that Governor Hochul seems to be focused on crimes of speech, not crimes of, of, of terrorism, domestic terrorism, shootings. No, no, no. She's talking about speech and specifically targets itself. She says, we, we are proposing a comprehensive plan to combat this, strengthening state gun laws and in gun control, of course, and investigating social media platforms. Isn't that interesting? Directly talks about investigating social media platforms. Here we go. There's more. We will develop investigative leads based on social media analysis. I'm reading this from Breitbart. Focused on radical extremist activities, motivated threats by identifying online locations and activities that facilitate radicalization and promote violent extremism. The issue, however, is, of course, the debate over what individuals consider hate speech. So here's the question. Here's the question. How do you determine once something becomes criminal hate speech versus protected First Amendment speech, right? This is why you cannot have speech police in the United States on any tier of the US government because we have the First Amendment. And yes, the First Amendment includes protecting speech that you don't like. That's the entire point of having the freedom of speech. Now, what it doesn't include, what it does not include are implements to commit crimes. If you are planning to commit a crime, and if you are taking steps in furtherance of that crime, then you're, you are at, you're guilty of criminal conspiracy. And being guilty of criminal conspiracy is clearly something that already is on the books. But of course, Governor Hochul doesn't want that because what she truly wants is power. She wants power to be able to police speech, to police the internet, and to police your thoughts and words. By the way, speaking of unelected people, Governor Kathy Hochul is a great example of that. Someone who was never elected to governor of New York, who probably won't win re-election. But no, 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 no. She's going to do whatever she can while she's there. Well, that's all the time we have for uh, Human Events Daily today. Remember, our promise, our oath, our solemn vow to you. Be good, be brief, be gone. And as always, your homework for us. Share this out with one, just one of your normie friends and leave us your five-star review, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. So I'm here in Hungary, Budapest uh, today, rounding out the first week of international uh, Human Events Daily episodes. Want to say huge shout out to the entire team, producer Mike, producer Shaw, everybody back in Phoenix for helping to put this thing together while we are on the road. Uh, we will continue to be on the road next week for some exciting, uh, exciting special operations, which I'll be able to tell you more about next 
week. But I'm going and immediately after I'm done recording this episode, I'm walking over to CPAC Hungary, where I will be delivering the closing speech of CPAC Hungary. So it opened with uh, Prime Minister Viktor Orban, we'll be ending with Jack Posobiec. So without further ado, let's wrap this up because I got places to be. What do we talk about today? Of course, CPAC Hungary, the massive success that it is, the media in meltdown mode and those Orban 12 plans, the generation of war uniting to fuel the war machine. We talked about the SpaceX flight attendant accusing Elon Musk of sexual harassment and the fact that he is locked in with that Twitter contract. And finally, we talked about New York Governor Kathy Hochul announcing a police unit to combat hate speech. Really crazy stuff going on. So stay tuned to Human Events Daily every single day. We'll be breaking all of this down for you. But before we go, it's time for today's moment of history. On this day, May 20, 1927, Charles Lindbergh took off from Roosevelt Field, Long Island, New York, aboard the Spirit of St. Louis on his historic solo fight to France, all the way across the Atlantic. The American people are the people who dream big dreams and accomplish them. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore. <laughs>